0: If you are in second grade on down, you are dismissed to the popcorn zone. smells really good around the corner, buttery fresh. Or if you just need a cup of popcorn, I guess you can, you know, jump out there and grab one. I'm happy to report that my scripture reader this morning is working in the nursery, so... I'm gonna have to cold turkey somebody, and I needed a status report anyway. Oh, she just gave it to you, man. I didn't even have to say his name. He knew. This guy knows how to obey orders. Something Implicit, like explicit. Uh, so, what's the status report on you?
1: you? Got me for four more years.
0: What? I'm, should I be that? I'm sorry. I don't know if I should congratulate you or Excellent. weep with you, but. Uh, that'll be fun. What, what was your drop on Friday? What'd you get?
1: Uh, T38 paper. So, here's an instructor for four more. Years.
0: So he will be an instructor pilot in Enid for four more years. Amen. We have had uh, several people go through that and just say, you got some big shoes to fill. Those have been some excellent men. Um, so uh, they, 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 they are just confirming what we already knew about you. Amen. Amen. Yes. He's going to be great. So uh, your reward is cold turkey. <laughs> Didn't get to practice. I'm gonna read this scripture out loud. Um, do I have to give you a new title? Do I have to call you sir or anything? Salute. Well, you gotta bow, I think. Actually. Bow. All right. I'm gonna go work on that in a yeah. private place because yeah, I have it I'm a little rusty on my bowing. <laughs> Congratulations to you. He says humor is intact. <laughs> You have to take that home. <laughs> uh, all right, so turn to your Bible to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 35. <laughs> Can you handle it? You need some water? No, I got it. Somebody drank my water. It's
1: gone. Somebody.
0: Yeah. Not you. No, not me. <laughs> I, I don't use it very often. But Proverbs 13, Proverbs 3, verse 13. Follow
1: along as he reads. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow, when you now have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways, for the Lord detests a perverse man but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools he holds up to shame. Amen. Thank you, Travis.
0: This morning we are going to see that wisdom gives. Wisdom gives many, many things. The whole book of Proverbs is showing us the path of wisdom. There are a lot of give and take. There's a lot, there are a lot of consequences for when you accept or pursue wisdom or when you reject and pursue your own wisdom or the world's wisdom or things on your own. But this morning, specifically, we're looking at what wisdom gives to those who pursue. It's also going to protect us from a few things. So verses 13 through 17 uh, are echoes of 1 Kings chapter 3. I'm going to turn there. You don't need to turn there, but if you want to, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. Wisdom will give abundant and eternal life. Wisdom will give abundant and eternal life. Way back in 1 Kings 3, Solomon asks God for wisdom. God hands Solomon a blank check. Man, if you know anything about anybody, including yourself, that is a huge temptation. If God were to come to you and to ask, ask. You'd be like, ask for what? Ask how much? How long? What are the terms? What are the conditions? <clears throat> no. Ask what I shall give you. That's all God says in verse five. 1 Kings 3, five. Ask. Ask what you want from me. And famously, Solomon acknowledges that he is a king in the footsteps and in the shadow of his father. Who he knows, who everybody knows was a man after God's own heart. And Solomon humbles himself enough to say, give me wisdom to rule your people correctly. And in verse 10, we read, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to Solomon, because you have asked for this, you have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. And I also, here's the gravy, I give you also what you have not asked for, riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So riches and honor, lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke. Behold, it was a dream. God came to him in a dream. He came to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Covenant and offered up many burnt offerings and sacrifices and made a feast for everyone. So the first thing I see in Proverbs three thirteen are echoes of these promises that God made to Solomon. God said, I'm giving you these things. And so Solomon, he's, he's writing this to his future son, future kings, it's more than just his son. He sees it more along the lines of David's sons, and he's one of them but he's passing along what he has learned. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Remember, we need to be active in that. The one who gets understanding. What did they get? Just skim that paragraph. Silver, gold, jewels, long life, pleasantness. Um, So riches, honor, peace. That's gonna be his enemies, give you peace from your enemies but then circle the word if there in your outline or in your Bible. If. Remember, that's a a big part of the promise in 1 Kings. If. If, if what? If you'll walk. How do I walk in God's ways? It's a figure of speech. It means to live your life in front of God. Walking with God, walking behind God, and walking towards God. It means you're walking or living with purpose. It's not... Helter-skelter, you're not all over the place. You're walking with purpose in the ways of the Lord. So you need to know what God wants and stick with Him. Wisdom will give you that abundant and eternal life. This, these are the words of the old covenant. That's the covenant God made with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the Israelites, David, and Solomon. If you'll walk according to my ways, I will materially bless you with all these things. Jesus, however, kicks it up to a new level. It's Galatians 4.4 4, that says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. In sending his son, God has given us the fullness of his riches. So Jesus is way beyond gold, silver, peace, long life. The focal point for the new covenant, Christian, is all that we have is in Jesus now. And Jesus becomes equated with wisdom. In the past, if you aimed your hope at God, you were aiming at his promises, which would be fulfilled in the old covenant, which would be fulfilled by faith in God. In the new covenant, remember this? It all comes to a point in Jesus all of it so it does apply to us but at the same time that doesn't mean if we're following Jesus we are looking for gold silver and jewels even Proverbs is acknowledging that if you find wisdom her gain the gain from her because wisdom is going to be portrayed as a woman it's better than silver it's better than gold wisdom is more precious than jewels so even under the old covenant promises of wealth and health and prosperity the old testament still projects way beyond that there is more to this life than physical prosperity wisdom will carry you and here's the catch beyond this life that's why it's more valuable you get to take it with you Your knowledge of God will never go away. Your relationship with God can never be taken away from you. Jesus says, my sheep are in my hand. I've called them. I've chosen them. And they're in the hand of the Father. And no one can remove them. That security and that peace is of more value than anything on planet Earth. That's and that's not just a New Testament teaching. That's that's what that's what I like about this section of Proverbs. He's tapping into a spiritual truth that goes way beyond even the covenant that he's a part of. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. So write this down. You have old covenant promises with universal observations. This, that word universal is gonna be true of a lot of the Proverbs. There are going to be some really specific applications of some of the truths that are in Proverbs, but there are also gonna be a whole lot of universal applications that go beyond either of the covenants that are meant to be a part of our daily living, our daily lives. Faith taps into this eternal treasure the wisdom of God wisdom is a person and wisdom will give you eternal life the next section is verses 18 through 20 and here are echoes of Genesis 1 and 2 echoes of Genesis 1 and 2 wisdom is giving us something else Wisdom is giving us insight into how creation works. Verse 18, speaking of lady wisdom, she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Uh, Where was the first tree of life? Yeah, that's a purpose, purposeful, meaningful. We would call that today a hyperlink if you click on that word in your Bible, if your Bible should automatically go back to Genesis 1 and 2. That's exactly what it's meant to. It's supposed to capture your imagination. Here, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm in the middle of my Bible and we're talking about the tree of life. Uh, newsflash, Revelation 22. Tree of life is in heaven. Healing. And everything we need. And it's not just about a tree (laughs) that's what that's what Solomon is saying this is not about a tree we're not looking for a tree my hope is not a tree my hope is a person my hope is God himself he's my treasure he's my reward he's my savior he's my redeemer she wait what it's not saying God is female the word for wisdom is in a female form so when you're talking about wisdom you refer to wisdom as a she she lady wisdom is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her not just watch her not just appreciate her but make the effort to take of that which god gives you now not like adam and eve they were grasping for what god said no to they were grasping from the tree of knowledge of good and evil or good and bad they were going after that which god wanted to teach them as they matured but like any human we're not good at waiting. If you had been there, you'd have done the same thing. Maybe a little differently. Some of you would have built a ladder. Some of you would have shot it down. Some of you would have climbed the tree. Like, The point is, you would have grasped and wanted things out of proper order because that's part of our human condition. We want to be equal to God or beyond God. It's coming. God wants to extend to us a quality of life not that is beyond him though but that is within him and that's what the tree of life represents life with God and all of your needs being met in him his wisdom his knowledge she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her those who hold her fast so it's not even just like yeah I got it I mean it's like I've got it it's, it's appreciating what you have. Hold her fast, are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. More echoes of Genesis in the creation story. By understanding, God established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps are broken up and the clouds drop down dew. Are you seeing the, the interchange between wisdom and God? She and he, it's just God. He's doing all these things. He by wisdom has created everything. So wisdom is not just this little side piece or this sideshow. Wisdom is the very power and work of God by which he created all things. That's God. It is him. It is his nature. It is his personality. And it is his personal presence. So we have echoes of Genesis 1 and 2. Lady wisdom is a tree of life in the next blank. By wisdom, God made and God controls all things. The fact that he made all things shows us our purpose, shows us our place in life. And the fact that he controls all things shows us that we need to pay attention to the way life works. That's what the book of Proverbs is about. Pay attention to the way life works. There are some general universal principles that work in this life, like not living in debt, works wonders on your finances. Like intentionally training your children works wonders on the ways they learn to listen and work with employers later in life. There are going to be a lot of universal observations in Proverbs, but remember, they're not all promises. They're not framed as promises. Wisdom literature is not taken as a promise. Do this, get this. Although it's still within the old covenant and they did have promises, promises that we don't have, but promises that have been fulfilled in Jesus that we get to live out. I mean, it is complicated. It's not as black and white as you think it is when you read Proverbs because the point of Proverbs is God wants your heart. That is never simple that's always complicated because you are a hot mess well maybe not this morning you're a cold mess kind of like our weather it's, just, it's all over the place what what is going on when can I plant something when can I when can I spray something like well I gotta check the forecast like good grief things are getting out of control here but not out of God's control he made all things he controls all things So you got this first section, 13 through 17, I see echoes of uh, the promises God made to Solomon personally and to his family. And then 18, 19, and 20, I see echoes of Genesis 1 and 2. And the next section, verses 21 through 26, I observe how wisdom changes your heart. There's a bit of a shift there. My son, verse 21, don't lose sight of these things. What things? Well, these major themes themes that he's been introducing. Don't lose sight of the tree of life. Don't lose sight of, of the power of wisdom to, to make all things and to control all things. Don't lose sight of the promises God has put over, over people. Don't lose sight of the covenant. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Keep them. They will be life for your soul. That's a really personal word. Adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely. Your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked. All of these really personal words. Soul, walking securely, not stumbling, not being afraid, sleeping well, sleeping in security. Now it's all based upon not your sleep number. It's all based upon not the meds you're taking. It's all based upon the fact that you're clinging to God and His word. You're holding on to the wisdom. What does it Rabbit trail. What does it mean to hold on to God's wisdom? I think David would be a pretty reliable source. Man after God's own heart. You think we can trust what he says? Psalm 1. The righteous man. The righteous woman. What do they do? Meditate on God's word. Day and night. Regularly. Rhythmically, dependably. They're not walking, sitting, standing with unbelievers. They're like a tree. Oh, there we go again. Whose roots go down deep, bears its fruit in season and out of season. It's it's being nourished, it's being fed there. That's what it means to grasp wisdom. We would like to think of sink your hands around something. But, you know, I can vividly remember yanking small children off of playground equipment. doesn't take, I mean, it's a little, little bit of strength there. Yeah, I, I did a few years of childcare. I was a little harsh <laughs> when I was a teenager. You know, telling kids recess is over and like, I'm not going in. Yank. <laughs> yes, you are. I've also been a substitute teacher. I was a little kinder then, but you still little people you can pry the little fingers off of things so so when the bible says grasping wisdom holding on to wisdom don't think of your hands because that's a breakable grip think of a small tree growing in your garden that you've neglected all winter all winter it's been sending down its roots it's been it's been spreading it's been growing you thought it was dead and you go out this spring you're like I'm just going to pull that you know it's too Three feet tall, little tree growing. Little, I've done, I've had this happen. Little terrorists in my yard called squirrels. Whatever pecans they don't eat from my trees, they bury, and if I don't yank those things up quickly, if they get over a foot tall, I need to get the shovel out because they they send their roots down deep. That's the way we hold on to wisdom, not just with ten digits, ten hundred. Think of your roots going deep, a root ball that makes something hard. You could, I've done it. I've grabbed a pecan tree and just yanked it and stripped all the branches and all the leaves off that little sucker. Like it's dead now. Nope, it's not. It will come back. I've mowed it down, it's dead now. Nope. If I don't get that sucker by the roots, it keeps coming back. That's the way you need to be in the face of tragedy, adversity, and sin. Sin is out to whack you down all the time, non-stop. And if you are not deeply committed to God and His wisdom and His ways, and your roots are wrapped around Jesus, you, there's, there's no return. You can't come back. You get knocked down and you're done. You die and it's over. So, God knows if he has your heart, he has your soul. Wisdom and discretion, next line, they become life for your soul. These words, securely, not stumble, and then write this phrase down, not be afraid. The Bible has to say that so often because we are afraid of things so often. It's not a sin to be afraid. It is a sin to fear anything more than you fear God. How you respond to what you are afraid of shows the condition of your heart. Our first response when we are afraid is, like Peter, going under the waves, Lord, help. That needs to be our first response. Crying out to God for help. Is it okay to ask others for help? Yes. Is it okay to get medical attention and help? Absolutely. But the cry of our heart needs to be, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, I need your help. That needs to be our knee-jerk reaction. When something hits us, when life hits us, when suffering whacks us, boom, Lord. Lord. That that needs to be our reaction. And the only way to cultivate that is to spend time reading and praying and singing and sinking your roots down deep into who God is. And you're only gonna get that as you spend time right here with God and his word. This is who God is. Not just what I think of God, that is incomplete. This is a fuller picture of who God is. It will enlarge you. this book is all wisdom. You don't just need to read Proverbs. You You need to read the rest of the book. With your heart open, with your heart open, do not be afraid. My favorite line in this paragraph is verse 26. The Lord will be your confidence. He will keep your foot from being caught. The Lord will be your confidence. That is a fantastic smack dab in the middle of the Old Testament gospel verse. (laughs) You want to know the bad news? You can't do it on your own. You can't have confidence in yourself. And if you want it done right, you have to do everything yourself. But even you are flawed. Here's a great word from the Bible. Your confidence needs to be in God. Yeah. Yeah always and forever with your health with your family with your career with your future with your kids your confidence needs to be in who God is and then you can cut yourself some slack (laughs) you don't need to be up here God needs to be up here cut yourself some slack you are a work in progress you're, and no matter how much you mature and you rise in this life, you're always going to fall short of the perfection that is Jesus. So cut yourself some slack and cut your kids some slack. They don't have to be perfect in all ways. When they spill things, when they break things, when they lose things, that's what I was going to say kids do. That's what husbands do. Cut us some slack. We need to cut everybody some slack, right? at work, at home, at Walmart. Cut the person in front of you some slack. Yes, I know they could have pre-filled out that check. Yes, I know they could have put everything on the belt at one time. Yes, I know they don't need to be there talking to everybody who walks by. But cut them some slack. It's maybe the only time they get out all week. Maybe the only time they're away from the rest of their miserable life. They may not have the Lord. They may not have any confidence. They may not have any hope. This is the best thing that is in their life. Cut them some slack. Cut everybody some slack. If your confidence is in the Lord, you can cut a lot of slack. You know what Jesus did? He put up with everything because the Lord was his confidence. How was he able to endure everything he endured? Misunderstood, misinterpreted, lied about, betrayed with a kiss, misunderstood by the people who should have known him best. Talk about a lonely soul. How was Jesus able to put up with everything he put up with? His confidence was in the Lord. Paul echoes this. I can do all things through Christ. Strengthens me. Reread that in Philippians. Because what does he do? What things? If you reread that, I can suffer all loss, I can suffer all harm, I can suffer, I can go without, because it's Christ who strengthens me. He's not talking about winning a football game, as pretty as that is, Philippians 4. (laughs) You know, it's not about winning a game, it's not about overcoming at work. It's about overcoming the the tendency of your own heart to trust yourself. Your confidence needs to be in him. And if it is, the next section, 27 through 32, if wisdom does change your heart and you let it, then here's what wisdom will do next. It will change your behavior. Wisdom will give you some new character traits. Yes.
2: Yes or
0: revive the ones that are dead. Generosity, truthfulness, peaceableness. Yes, that's what I need. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. It's not a mistake that that is right after verse 26. So you say the Lord is your confidence? Then verse 27, treat people like God is the most important thing in your life. That is a beautiful contrast. Sometimes the, the Proverbs are going to seem, seem kind of disjointed. They're that way on purpose. It's to get your attention. How do you go from, oh, your confidence is in the Lord. Now if you owe somebody, pay it back. Like, wait a minute. No, no, they go together. Because you will not want to do part two unless your heart is all in on part one. Otherwise, if your, if your confidence is in you, your stuff and what you can gain and what you can gather, man, you are just gonna be this tight-fisted miser. Can I have a piece of paper? No, there's not enough paper. It's the only one this size that I see up here. If you, and I ruined it, you don't want it anyway. It's really bad condition, you don't want it anymore. Yeah, I need it. I need that piece of paper. It has something important on it. I I need a piece of scratch paper. Just give. Verse 27. Live an open-handed life. Don't withhold good from those to whom it is due. Notice how it doesn't say anything specific. Just good. If you know what is good to help others, do it. When it's in your power to do it. So it also has a little bit of a restriction there. It needs to be something you can personally do and not expect other people to do. This is about you doing what you know you can do and stop pointing around saying, you should be helping them. You should be helping them and you should be helping them. We don't need any more cruise directors on planet Earth. Uh, We need more loving of our neighbors. That's what that is. Verse 28, do not say to your neighbor, go, Come back later and then I'll give it to you. Here's the famous one, because I need to pray about it. Really? You need to, be, you need to pray about helping somebody? Like, uh, have you not read this book? It's just help. Help people. Now you can be creative and there are a lot of different ways you can help people. And we need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. There are ways to help people without enabling them you really want to help somebody you need to dig into their life and spend time with them and have a conversation with them and give them a help up not just a handout right you know that how that goes so there's some wisdom to be employed but verse 29 don't plan evil verse 30 don't contend with no reason don't be a brawler verse 31 don't envy those who are violent don't choose their ways for the devious person is an abomination to the lord And here it is again, because here's the point of that whole passage. The upright are in his confidence. Yep. Can't get away from verse 26, can we? Your heart is right when the Lord is your confidence and then your behaviors will be right because the Lord is your confidence. Proverbs is not teaching us, do this, this, and then you will be blessed. Proverbs is teaching us, Love God, pursue God, grasp God, and your heart will be changed, and then your behavior will follow suit. That is an age old principle. Solomon knows it, and he is begging his children to pursue what changes their heart first. That's why we're going through this book. Last section, 33 through 35. I call this the consequences. First we looked at wisdom. It's echoing the promises made to King Solomon. Then we see echoes of creation in Genesis one and two. Then we, he hones in on changing of your heart, your soul. The Lord is your confidence. Then he transitions into how that will change your behavior. And then we have consequences. Wisdom will give you grace and mercy. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Pause. What makes anybody right or righteous? It's God's wisdom in their life. Not their own wisdom, not their own actions. The only thing that makes you right is the fact that you're identifying that God is right. You're putting God first. You're acknowledging God first. That's what it means to be righteous. I agree with God. I trust God. I know who he is and I agree with who he is, and it puts me in my place. Verse 34. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. There it is, Craig. If I will humble myself, then God will reward me. No. Favor is grace, and humbleness is expected. Humbleness is not you doing anything you shouldn't do not good works this passage is not about being rewarded for good works being humble is not a good work being humble is a change in heart think about what it takes to biblically genuinely be humble to hum to be humble is to see who you really are and acknowledge who you really are with all of your faults your flaws your temptations your problems. To be humble is to acknowledge, here's how I am. What does that take? Here's who God is. You cannot be properly humble unless you have the right vision and understanding of who God is first. Anything, any kind of humbleness that is not directly flowing from who God is is false humility. It's lowering yourself with a different agenda. I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna act humble over here so that I can do this over here. And that's possible. You can fake humbleness. You can fake humility. Have you not, I mean, just spend 10, min, 10 minutes around a four or five-year-old. You watch them. You know, you, you've told them to do something and you're like, okay, you're not getting any ice cream. <gasps> all of a sudden they start behaving or they start doing something or the, or the threat is you're gonna get whooped if you don't do that, ooh. Well, they start helping up their siblings, they start putting away their toys but always with an eye over their shoulder. That's false humility, <laughs> that's false humbleness. They're not serving others out of the right heart or the spirit, they're just doing it because they wanna get something from it. Same thing with humans. We can fake humbleness and we can fake humility, it gets you nowhere, it gets you no reward. Proverbs is not talking about that. It's talking about change of heart to the humble God gives favor or blessings because that's what God always does. Anybody who sees who God is correctly and sees themselves correctly, God blesses them. Not because they've generated any kind of humbleness But because they have seen who God is they acknowledge who he is and we know who we are and we confess in our own hearts first here's who I know I am here's who I know God to be and man there is a large gap between us but God I need your grace I need your mercy that's the language of Proverbs the wise will inherit honor and that word inherit shows me this is family language not legal language God is not trying to transact something with us he wants our hearts he wants us to inherit his blessings because he sees us as his children not as his servants he sees us as his adopted children not as his needy neighbors he's just going to throw stuff at them he wants a relationship And that's the last word. Next, the last word. Relationship all throughout Proverbs. This section and all of them. Lots of relationship language and it's far more prevalent than duty language. Do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that. Try to erase that from your understanding of Proverbs because it is written from a father to his kids He wants their heart to be right with the Lord so that their behaviors match their beliefs and so that they can inherit, not earn, inherit the blessings of God. That Solomon knows goes towards those who obey him? No, those who love him. It's about relationship. Proverbs is about your relationship with Jesus. He is all wisdom. Stand with me. Let's do some business with God right now. He wants your heart. He wants your attention. Bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Is God in his rightful place in your life? Have you noticed yourself naturally becoming more humble? Do you still fight for your rights? Do you still try to make your voice be heard? Are you still trying to find your place in this world? Or have you accepted? God is right. God is holy. And I am not right. And I am not holy. Have you accepted that? Have you really embraced the brokenness of your own heart? You need to. You can't, you can't go anywhere if you can't get past that. Has God captured your heart? If you ever need to talk about that, please find me. Please call me. Maybe you have. Maybe you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you have committed your life to Him many times and you've recommitted and you've prayed about it are you letting God continue to humble you no matter how old you get God wants to continually grow you through humility and humbleness of heart because in God's eyes you will be better when you kneel down and serve more people? Do you see yourself as a servant of all? Heavenly Father, we bring our hearts before you this morning and we say, teach us to serve. Help us to see the brokenness of our own hearts, to confess it. We need your wisdom to give us more of Jesus. May He become all the wisdom we need for life and for death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cold. In this world, where ancient words will guide us home ancient words ever true changing me and changing you we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words. this age came to us through sacrifice oh heed the faithful words of Changing you, we have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart ancient words, ever true, changing. I've come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Today's benediction is from 1st Timothy, chapter
0: 1, verse 17. Now to the King Eternal immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor
2: and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.